Hello and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, episode 188. Woo! Ah! Caw! Yeah, it certainly, certainly is. <laughs> this week, it's, a, it's the week of brotherly love here on A Star to Steer Her By. Yeah! Uh, we're covering episodes The Sons of Moog and Bar Association. Just misleading. No, what? I'm just kidding. I know, I'm just kidding. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be about lawyers. Oh. Yeah, I guess that is what I meant. It's no, not quite... it sounds like it's going to be about Quark's Bar, because it's a Ferengi episode, and they're into that kind of stupid pun bullshit, but we'll get to that. Before we get to that, let me remind everybody that I am Ames. Uh, in case you forgot, this is Caitlin. You probably forgot that this is Jake. And I forget who I am. Oh, no. Yeah, oh, who well, wait, you? wait. You are actually Rodek. You're son of Nogra. We, we've blanked your memory. That's good. Ames got it. That was great. Here, go home, shit. With, go home with this dad you've never met before. I'm not part of your family. I have no family. Okay, let's get into this. Sons of Moog. man Jake, I mean, fuck, sorry, Worf's brother, <laughs> fucked it up already, Worf's uh, brother Kern, same guy, drops by for a casual chat and a casual suicide. Oh, I was asked, just gonna, I was actually just gonna say, should we trigger warning this episode? A bit. It's gonna be a weird day. Do you want to try it again? I'll, oh. I'll put it in the text description. All right, he'll put it in the text description. The thing is, like, for, for our Klingon listeners, this is very ritual. <laughs> It's it's the mock Tavor, which uh, Kern comes and asks Worf to perform on him because, you know, his family has no honor anymore. All Worf's fucking fault. Normal Klingon stuff. And Worf says, okay, I will kill the fuck out of you. When suddenly Jadzia figures out something's up and Kool-Aid man her ways into the room. No, wait, that was the joke I did last time I introed. Anyway, she saves Kern's life, even though Kern and Worf are so against that. and. Kern lives. Damn it, Kern. Meanwhile, Cisco has a big racism at Worf, which I was uncomfortable with, and says, you got to deal with this. Meanwhile... I, I don't know. I, we'll wait till oh, we talk sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Avoid editorializing in the intro. Please. Oh, okay. Excuse me, because no one else ever fucking does that. <laughs> wait till we get to, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Wait till we get to Bar Association. Meanwhile, Kira and O'Brien have found that there's some weird stuff happening in space outside the Bajoran system, and they find this Klingon ship that has blown itself up on a cloaked mine? That's new. So they, they tow it into Deep Space Nine, because that's a thing now. Now we have to deal with cloaked mines. On the station, Kern gets a job with Odo, but is fired when he starts trying to get himself killed on the job. Reminded me a bit of that Simpsons episode where Homer tries to get himself on workers' comp and get himself injured on the job. God. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Just standing underneath things that are falling and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. That's like how uh, in Russia people will bang into parked cars and then, like, try to sue them. <laughs> That's why they all have dash cams. If they cams. were just like, uh, if, the, if Odo was like, Kern? I need you to stack these barrels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Klingon's greatest enemy, Blue Barrel. But they, en they managed to dovetail the two pots together, which is something they'd never, ever do, when they realize, okay, if these Klingons are trying to hide these cloaked mines for us, 
and we have these two disgraced Klingons on board. Let's just give them a quick makeover and some new DNA. That sounds sketchy as fuck. Yeah. Uh, send them over to the Klingon ship to figure out where all the mines are so that Kira and O'Brien can blow them all up and will maybe charge the Klingons with war crimes. Unclear. We'll, we'll talk about this. However, Curran is still fucking pissed, and they're trying to figure out a way that he can be happy without trying to constantly get himself killed by things. So Dax and Worf concoct this squeaky-ass plan to have Julian do the most immoral thing he's ever done, and this is Julian we're talking about, and he's done some immoral fucking things, and wipe Kern's memory so that they can overwrite it with a new identity of this schmuck named Rodak, I'm sorry, Chris, son of Nogra. <laughs> and that's how they get around that. I'm not lying. Yeah. It's no, squicky yeah, it's as fuck. really weird. Before we get into the serious conversation, yeah, I do want to bring up my final note on this episode, where, you know, Worf goes, I have no family. Like, uh, <laughs> you have a son, sir. A shitty, shitty son, but you've got him. Nope. Uh, you must be thinking of some other Klingon. No son of mine is a little bitch. I know. I love that we never hear about Alexander, like, a f for a fucking sentence, this whole episode where Worf is talking yep. about family the entire yep. time. Nope. I mean... I think he was referring to like the the like the house of Moog as in as the family. Well, oh, I know, yeah. but again, like Alexander didn't come up once. Yeah, but I don't think Alexander would give a shit. No, I know, but not even just like a how is your nephew or my nephew, whatever. I'm surprised they didn't pawn Curran off on the Rozhenkovs. That would have been funny. <gasps> That would have been really funny. Yeah, instead it's this friend of the family, of which there seem to be plenty of, who's just willing to take in a grown son. Yep. And pretend well, maybe, he's been he, his the whole time. Maybe they could have no sons of their own. Maybe it was the only way to continue the line, or in this case, the house. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. I did but see yes. that there were like two novels that revisit Kern later on, and in one oh. of them he gets his memories back. That's got to be awkward. Yeah, that's, uh, the morality of this episode is deeply upsetting. A lot. In every, in nearly every way. Because, like, they didn't ask him if he wanted this. They nope. just did it when they he passed did. out yeah. from Daboo. Because they, they got him drunk and then fucking stole his memories. That, that was the one thing when it, the episode op was opening, like, you know, if I hadn't, you know, read the Netflix description or the title, you know, it was like, uh, there's a... There's an intoxicated Klingon insisting on seeing you. He's like, is Kor back? Yay! Hmm. And uh, He's changed his mind about the sword. Yeah, let's go find it! Yeah, the ending is very uncomfortable, especially after, after we've seen how Julian dealt with the Beryl situation, which was, hey, Beryl wants you to keep him alive, even though it's a horrible situation and he's going to be more robot than man. And Julian refuses. And yet here it's, Hey, we want to effectively kill off Kern, do this incredibly immoral thing, and lie to him for the rest of his life, and Julian says, okay. Well, I wonder if it's kind of like a lesser evil kind of thing, because otherwise Kern's just going to keep trying to kill himself. I and feel, I feel like there's like... got to be another way to, to like disown your family and Klingon culture or something. I mean, this whole thing could have been solved by, like, all right, Cisco doesn't want me murdering you on the station. 
Let's grab a runabout and go somewhere He'll else. Go murder you we know there's all these care. cloaked mines everywhere. Let's just throw you at one of them. Wee! No, or you know or if he wanted to die honorably, Worf could have been like, oh, this guy's a traitor and doesn't belong here. Yeah. And this mother Klingon's Perfect. could have killed him. Yeah. You know what it reminded me of was, do you guys remember in, oh God, Requiem from Methuselah, when Kirk was into nope. that robot bitch. Oh God, that's right. Fell in, fell in love with this robot bitch and Hard. Spock erased his memory of it yeah. because Spock doesn't understand love. And we were scandalized. That's right. Jesus. I totally that, forgot wow, about I didn't that. even make that connection. Yeah, I thought about that at one point and I was like, yeah, why does why does fucking Star Trek keep doing this? Yeah, I don't know. Also, the D, you can change someone's DNA for a couple of hours was new to me. And why I was think, that necessary? Well, because because they he did have to do like a handprint mm. thing, which I'm guessing may have done like a DNA scan, and he because he did only put the special DNA on his hands. Okay, okay, okay. That seems like it should be incredibly illegal, though. Oh, yeah, but it I'm sounds sure like it is, you know yeah. for doing an undercover op, yeah. you know. This you is just the episode to. of squicky things. It is weird. Well, I mean. The the whole espionage angle, you know, going onto the Klingon ship is mm-hmm. in direct response to a provocation by a the war crime. These mm. fucking cloaked mines, which are now a thing we're gonna have to assume could be anywhere. Yep. Much like changelings could be any tripwire or rat. I think when they got control of the uh mines they should have made them explode in such a way they spelled out a dirty word. Heh. <laughs> uh I just asked the internet something, and it sounds like environmental factors can cause DNA to be temporarily modified without changing the sequence to alter how it is read. In real life? Yes. Weird. This is from a Harvard University, Harvard Medical School article from November 6, 2017. How How stress can change your DNA. How can we exploit that for profit? The Ferengi are on it. You know, say start blowing up Klingon ships. Yeah. So I think we can all agree on one thing. Alexander's the worst? Two things. Okay. <laughs> Kern did not look good in that uniform. The oh, the, the Odo uniform? uniform? Yeah. 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 No. Well, I, I mean, think that was kind of the point, right? Yeah, he says it's not comfortable. I'm like, of course it's not. It looks awful. That's right. I mean, it's just like, it, uh, it, oh, it just is not. No. Yeah, it's I a mean, color. He's just such, he's just such an imposing figure. That he looks right in, in like, Klingon battle armor. Yeah. But, like, you know, brown pajamas? Not <laughs> so much. I thought it was interesting that at least at first he took so well to the job and at mm. least seemed to be, like, doing okay. Yeah. Because he's a hard ass, you know? Yeah, but I expect... Yeah, well, that's true. But I expected, like, a lot more resistance like, I figured that that was going to be part of the, I mean, I guess, obviously he wasn't really okay with it because he was still trying to die. Yeah. But I expected him to be more like, oh, you dishonor me. You've double dishonored me, like, or something. I expe- I guess I expected more of a fight and that it to, like, maybe cause more tension with Odo because he's like, oh, he's not going to fuck around on my promenade, is he? And Worf had to be like, of course not. I would never ask you to do this if I thought he would fuck things up. So I was sort of waiting for that to blow up in their phases. Well, I think because Odo knows that if they'll play ball, a Klingon would be a great security officer because they're as uptight as he is. (laughs) Yeah, Odo kind of gets it, which brings me back to like, 
Cisco doesn't seem to get it. Like I mentioned this very briefly in the in the synopsis, and I know it's like it made me uncomfortable for Cisco to say, "Fuck your Klingon customs and fuck everything about other races having having beliefs." You're Starfleet, and Starfleet is only this belief system. And I was like, well, I mean, I I think yeah. it's like. I th- it's one thing, like, you can definitely respect beliefs up to a point, but when it turns to this, murder, I can kind of see where he's coming well, from. Well, and it's not just murder, it's like murder at his workplace. It's like, you can, you could totally worship Zeus if you wanted to, but if you start sacrificing goats at your office, you might hear about it. Yeah, but what, oh, what Cisco says, like, I, I agreed up to the point where you say, you can't do this because you're, you're Starfleet and you're on my station. Fair, absolutely understandable. That's how that's how Worf got around killing Duras by doing it off the ship, it which he fine. still should not have gotten away with. Whatever, but... it's Kling- it's Klingon bullshit. We we love Klingon bullshit. Mm. But for but for wait, Cis- that's what Cisco said, and you didn't like it when he said it. <laughs> no, no. What Cisco says is, I don't give a shit that you have a different belief system than than us. That's out the window. When really, like, it's the entire context. Of what Worf is doing. I don't think that is what Cisco said, though. What did Cisco I think, say? I think what Cisco said was it's fine for everyone to have their own belief system up to a point, and that point is where, you know, it, you, you know, murder this, someone you have, in deep like, space I think he even said, like, this is the line. The line is doing a murder on my station. I didn't Which... hear that. I, I heard, I don't care about Klingon beliefs. I think we have to check the tapes because I'm pretty sure I remember Cisco specifically saying this is the line. And yeah, I remember and him saying, I, I don't line. care about your beliefs. Yeah, He, may, he but, may have said both things. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the implication of I don't care isn't I don't care about your beliefs. I think it's your, your beliefs are not an excuse for what you did. That's what he means. It's not like, it's not a general statement. I don't care about your beliefs. It is because what, you know, Dax and Worf were trying to make the excuse, well, oh, but my belief system is, and then he's like, no, I don't care about your beliefs. The context of that statement is when a murder, when you're trying to do a murder, I don't give a shit about your beliefs. It's not a murder in Klingon beliefs, though. But it does that, see, that's not correct, right? Because we're on the Federation station I think even more important is that Worf is a Federation officer. You know, he's a That's Starfleet true. officer. That's true. And I think that when you, you know, when you put on that uniform, when you take whatever oath that is, you're saying, I agree to abide by the Federation ideals. And now, now it is your priority to, to be a Federation officer, a Starfleet officer. Yeah, like I think, and again, then you wouldn't have an episode, but... Like, I think Ben, I mean, he'd probably still think it was kind of nuts, but I don't think he would be chewing Worf out if he had taken some leave, gone to a neutral system, and done it there. It's explicitly the, like, did you have to do it here? That's what set him over the edge. Well, yeah, and I think that, like, this, you know, symbolically, you know, even when he went and killed Duras, you know, there was the whole symbolic taking off of the communicator Mm. step, you know? Yeah. Like I okay, that's that's showing I'm not a Starfleet officer right now. Yeah, I although mean, I still Worf wasn't wearing his communicator cuz he didn't respond to Dax. Well, I don't know, but no, no, I'm saying there was a hole in the episode. I'm not saying whether or not he was physically wearing 
the communicator. I mean, he did the symbolic step of removing it like this action I'm about to do is specifically oh. not. Well, we just didn't see him do it in this episode because we only saw Dax dicking around in All right. parks. Okay. He could have done Enough it. pedantry for Listen, today. Okay, okay. The, the, note, the note I wrote on that scene was, look, I might be bald, but I don't give a shit about the crazier aspects of your fucking culture like Picard. Aw. No, what like, this is like... actually interesting for, like, this is actually very interesting for Worf, someone who wants to do the Klingon thing and learns, oh, fuck, the Klingon thing is getting further and further out of my grasp. I'm more human now than I ever fucking was. God damn yeah. it, Alexander, you turd. <laughs> yeah, no, like, the saddest scene in the whole thing is when he realizes, like, his entire life is his job. And it's just like, ugh. <laughs> oh, God. Maybe you should just take a shuttle and throw both yourself and fucking Kern into a sun or something. And Alexander. No, because killing yourself means you, it's a whatever. He's already dishonored anyway. Well, yeah, but I think it. I think it's like eternal dishonor then, well, isn't it? Look, like, he can convert to Lutheranism or Eastern Orthodox or whatever the Rojankos are and go to heaven. They don't like suicide either. I got nothing. Yeah, this I is think why the Roshenkos be... adopted the Klingon religion when they adopted Worf. Yes. <laughs> no, this is why I'm like, there's got to be, like, there, there almost certainly has to be a way to divorce yourself from your family and start a new one or something in Klingon culture. Yeah, I mean, yeah, wipe your memories. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't think so, because they don't want you to be, like, using that loophole to get out of all the dishonor that's on you Yeah. by way I of think, your house. I, I mean, think only if... Like, you can be adopted by another house, but I think your house has to not exist anymore. Mm. So, like, I think if, if, if somebody, if Kern or someone could petition the, the High Council to dissolve the House of Moog, then, you know, Kern could honorably go, you know, join another house. That yeah. would be interesting. It just wouldn't be a good episode. Yeah, and, yeah, but I also think that, you know... Well, the other... That, uh, you know, Gowron is not in a position now. If I think if any son of Moog went to ask Gowron for a favor, yeah. the answer would be a resounding fuck off. I think what's interesting, too, is you can tell, like, there's got to be some stress there. Like, you know, because, again, they've still got, like you said, a, a family friend willing to do them a favor. Like, clearly not everyone agrees with Gowron, but they're sticking with it because of, like... I don't want to lose my honor sort of thing. Literal politics. Um, yeah. I feel like Gowron's probably a Trump-like figure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where, like, there's a lot, like, probably the majority of Klingons think he's a fucking nut. Yeah. But, but you know, he's surrounded himself with enough powerful people and, and kicked down people that disagreed with him or, you know, disinherited them or did what you know whatever he did to Worf yeah he's probably done to all of his enemies at this point well and that and that's the thing is like it's just built into the culture he doesn't even have to cheat you yeah. know it's just like you disagree with me then your honor's gone we need to make a twitter account for Gowron oh I'm sure it already exists but no I just want him to retweet Trump's tweets <laughs> And just yeah, we, could, we could probably make a bot that would like change yeah. certain words. Yeah, uh, like America to the Empire, the glory of the Empire. Kronos or whatever. I mean, I know there's already somebody that retweets Trump as Gul Dukat, 
and you know that's not that's not that's not the a perfect equivalent though no but i'm just saying it has been done i mean really the grand nagus needs to be the one retweeting gold Dukat, not retweeting oh my god hold on hold on no that's great the grand nagus talk about how great he is at making fucking deals and how is down is actually a successful businessman is he do not insult him that way because he's the Grand Nagus. If he wasn't, he'd have been taken down uh, by okay. now. Okay, Trump is president because of what a great businessman he is. It's actually the perfect, perfect it's thing. Actually perfect. No, no, but see, on Ferenginar, they actually know what a bad businessman is. Allegedly, no. they do here, too. No, uh, the thing the is... The average voter's an idiot. The thing is, the Nagus, all the Nagus has to do is fake it till he makes it. He's probably that good at faking it. Anyway, we're off, we're off on a weird topic. Yeah. We're going to talk about Ferengis more in a little bit. Just saying, um, don't diss the Nagus like that. It's not yeah. a diss. It's the perfect. It's the perfect comparison. I'm gonna. I'm gonna switch the conversation back. We see a lot more Jadzia and Worf doing stuff. Yeah. Because I think the the, the writer said that they're try, they're testing out their chemistry and like to see if they want it to go somewhere. I mean, Dax is definitely down to fuck. Oh, but she's been down to fuck since day one. No, but I mean, this time I kind of believe it. I don't know. There was a, the, the the flirting was lamer than Bashir flirting. Oh yeah, I just meant like, but she looked like she meant it this time. Mm. Yeah, the but flirting's still like, badly written. Yeah, getting getting sweaty in the holodeck together, you know, that's they don't even need to talk. They don't need the 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 verbal flirting. We know. Yeah, that is Klingon foreplay. Yeah, I mean that's what he did with uh, what's her fuck. Yeah, they yeah. are. They are. Yeah, it's kind of Jadzia foreplay too, though, right? Because mm. didn't she like? bang her rugby coach or whatever that oh, was. Oh, yeah, there's some kind of, yeah. I know it wasn't guy. rugby. I can't remember what the fuck it was. I do like that he uh, fucked up and outed himself. Oh, you wore that to distract me. I think her I her low-cut shirt. Yeah, that was good. I like. She I stole like... a trick right out of Kira's book. <laughs> I, I want to look more approachable. Her her cover line of, uh, well, you do all the grunting and stuff to, to distract me. Yeah was lame and growling and growling she would hate to play tennis <laughs> i don't know i liked her little workout uniform that they showed later that little little black one with the with the silver collar oh they yeah both, they both are wearing that i liked yep. it yeah i liked it too i thought it actually looked really good on wharf michael dorn is a good looking man he's an attractive I mean, fellow less less so with all the prosthetics but it's still he's it's still in there he's still handsome he's a very handsome klingon probably has the best too and the Mm -hmm. best teeth of any klingon we've ever seen as well the roshenko's probably got him braces yeah (laughs) say they probably uh told him how to brush and now he's got that tooth sharpener as well that's true you know something that i thought would have been better than the mind wipe Mm. ending anything yeah (laughs) Uh, open well, an ice cream I, shop. I can see why they did it. I, I'm imagining the reason they did it is is they wanted to leave the door open in case they wanted to have another current episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you like, know, like, like, oh, we could fails. potentially bring him back somehow. But I, I still think it would have been way better if he was killed while they were doing their spy operation or, you know, some something like it's it's just like the writers really fucked up because they put two Klingon plots in the same episode. You know, mm. both the A and B plots were Klingon plots. They met up a little bit when they did the little spy thing, but that's like, you know, that's Romulan shit, you know? They sh- I would I would have rather had Kern and Worf 
do something to uh, have to get into a fight, you know, an actual battle with those guys. And, uh, you know, Kern gets killed. Battles cost money is the problem. Well, I mean, it could have been a fist fight or could have been a hand to hand battle. Hand to hand or, you know, that guy that came, that almost caught right, them. Right, because he was going to, he was going to kill Worf. What's his ass could have like pushed Worf out of the way. And then it would have been like double honorable because, or maybe it's payback. Maybe if you save your friend from being killed and killed in his place, it's like triple honor for you, but it actually dishonors them. <laughs> I imagine if he was killed defending his brother. His dishonored brother? Mm, well, no, I, I don't saying. know. I think I think double I think, dishonored. Now. I think you could see that as being honorable because it's it's in battle and it's family. Right? It's not it's not about whether or not the the brother has any honor. It's just defending dying in defense of your house is considered an honorable thing. Yeah. But is it honorable enough to get you into? Stovacore. Yeah. I think they I they, feel like they'll a... just come up with like Worf will just be like, yep, yep, this 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 is enough. Kern as he's dying is like, yep, <laughs> I checked the book. This is the instant pass. Say yeah, hi to they Dad. Were, they were figuring out what to do with the how to how to deal with Kern. Because I know they wanted to bring him back, but originally they were like, okay, Worf isn't gonna try to kill him because Worf is is so Starfleet now and all this thing. And then I think it was um Ronald D. Moore says, No. Worf should kill him. We'll just have to do it as early as possible in the episode so that we can undo it. And then the rest of the episode is the is the debate, which is yeah. Fun. I was sort of surprised. I was sort of surprised that he actually went for it. Mm. I really didn't expect it. That's but the point. Again, That's what you want out of an episode of TV. Yeah, I guess so. But at the same time, like we've talked about, he is very much like the by the book Klingon. Yeah. So like, yeah. if it's in there. He did go kill Duras and straight up let that Romulan die. And oh yeah, I wrote all a that note. Other stuff. I wrote a note. Kern can be friends with Zial. They're both abandoned family members. <laughs> nice. Wait, who is Zial again? Dukat's oh, uh, Gold Dukat's kiddo. Yeah. yeah, who's also living on the station now. Yeah, they could be very strange friends. <laughs> she's fourteen. He's who He's, knows? She's nineteen. Oh. I didn't realize. I thought she was still young. No, no, no. She'd been, I think the idea was he. she'd been that young when he'd last seen her before the uh, episode really uh, found uh, her. Uh, fair enough. Well, so, I, I want to know if we're ever going to see Odo collect on that debt. Which debt? The debt that Worf now owes him for taking his brother on. Ah. Just because he's, he's so like, you know, I'm a man who collects on his debts. It's I like, mean, Jesus Christ, the he Godfather did fire here. fire him, like, after less than a day. So I don't know if that nullifies the debt. Yeah, mm. no, if anything, it makes the debt more. Mm. I took you on your word and your brother fucked it up. So really now, just double dishonor on you, triple dishonor on him, and you owe me two favors. And double dishonor dumbass. on your cow. Double dumbass double dumbass. On <laughs> dishonor on your cow, yes, also that. Did anybody else think, so whenever they were on the um, Defiant or the Runabout and they were on voice chat with Klingons, mm. you know the Klingons that were that were cloaked out there. The it felt like whoever they got to record the voice of those Klingons was like a Muppet. <laughs> the the it was just do an impression. Was, it, I can't. Well, I can't do an impression now. It was just. It was very not. It was like someone that didn't have a good Klingon voice. Mm. It's like you know how when they're doing like a, a thing on a set. Um, you know, they're recording a phone call, uh, a scene, or, or probably also when they're doing any kind of 
view screen stuff on Star Trek. They just yeah. have some, you know, like somebody off screen reading the lines. Yeah, and then they dub them in later. And then they with dub the it in actor. later. Feels it's, like they forgot to. It feels like they forgot to do that, or they were, they were just like, you know what, that guy did all right. We'll just keep that. You know, that's fine. Hmm. It's like See, what they I'm... did with Little Spock on yesteryear. Hmm. It can be uh, I, Kermit. Could be a, a Klingon name though. He's K apostrophe <laughs> R M I T. See, I was thinking more when you said it's. He sounded like a Muppet. I was just picturing Ernie. I don't know why. <laughs> just being like, you won't be warned again. I can't do an Ernie voice. That was not Ernie. I don't know what that was. That was Bane. Swedish chef. <laughs> yeah, it was more like, you know, like a... Like Animal. Ah! Animal would make a great uh, car, uh, Klingon. True. Should have just done Arnold Schwarzenegger. That would have at least... Yeeski burski honor, hooski deedy cloak in the face. That's good. That sounds very good. But yeah, so... They ended up going with the... Really uncomfortable ending. Yeah. Yep. Yep, they did. Now, I even from, like, it is kind of weird that Julian agreed to do the procedure. Yeah. Without, mm. con- you know, consent from, uh, from Kern. Kern. But I even say from Worf's perspective, I don't see how that's honorable at all. Like, that seems like the least honorable death. Hmm. Yeah, you know, to lose yeah, your mind, to lose yeah. your memory. Yeah, I, I feel, I feel like bad. Since... I feel bad for Nagra, who's going to have to like make up make up a history for this guy. Like, oh yeah, when you were thirteen, we went fishing once, and you fell in, and uh, it was a great story. There you go. And you're afraid of water now. <laughs> yeah, never go to water. Why are there no pictures of me, Father, in our oh, house? Oh, big fire. Big fire happened. No, no, it's fine. They'll just give him some pictures of, like, Alexander with, like, <laughs> the, his new dad's face photoshopped over Worf. He'll be like, no, yeah, that was you. You look good. I, I get I get, I get, get the feeling Klingons don't keep family photos. I mean, the houses we've yeah. seen are no, they just, just big, keep... ugly stone things. I mean, Worf has photos Warf of has... Alexander. Yeah, Worf yeah, has but an Alexander he's... photo. He's also human. Yeah. Mm. I mean, he's not human, but he was raised by humans. Yeah, that's they, his human they have sentimentality. Those... Yeah. The only, th- the only keepsakes Klingons keep are literally the corpses of their family members on their ships. <laughs> or at least right. they used to. Yeah. Uh, I wondered for a bit, when, when Worf was really troubled by that Klingon that died because Kern had to kill him before he killed them, and Worf took it really fucking bad. I thought, man, where's Troy when you need her? And the answer is, the writers realized, oh, right, Worf used to have a relationship with Troy, and we should explain that they've left, that they've broken that off, and we should make sure it's clear. And then, eh, never mind, fuck it. Yeah, it was pretty clear already. Yeah. I mean, they didn't, they didn't resume the relationship in generations. Yeah, no. That's true. And then right say, away, were she and Riker married by yeah. now? Like, <laughs> no, no, that's in that's um, Nemesis. Um, yeah, that hasn't happened yet. Mm. But they get back together in Insurrection. But I don't think that hasn't happened. Yet. I don't even think. Um, yeah, no. We we until happened. we get to the gray uniforms, we're not even up to um, first, first contact. contact. Yeah, yeah. But generations has happened. Yes. Yeah, I liked them together. I know it's an unpopular opinion. Yeah, I know. I know we're going to see more. Flirty times with Jedzia, and I'm interested where that's going to go because I I I remember liking them together, 
But after after we've seen the first couple of seasons of Judzia, it's like, I wonder how I'm going to like it now. No, they do seem mm. to be working on improving her, just like they've been improving Julian. So Yeah, yeah. And they seem, like, pretty good together. I, I agree that, like, the flirting isn't super well written, but I feel like when you stick them together in a room, it doesn't make me upset. Yeah, like, I kind of believe they want to fuck. <laughs> Which is more than I can say about a lot of the men they've told us she wants to fuck. I've only ever believed it about a woman so far, in fact. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually pleasantly surprised that the writers didn't try to do a boys plot with Jadzia and Kern. Oh, no. <laughs> that would have been awkward. I'll get one of the sons of Moog in me. Ugh. I want two dicks at once, and I don't care which one of you it is. Yeah. Actually, if she fucked them both, that would also be two dicks at once. I mean, which I mean that they're both assholes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, I get you. Speaking about DVDA, but speaking of brothers who are assholes, I'm going to start moving on towards Bar Association. Unless you guys have more. Cool. Quick synopsis of Bar Association. Rom's got an ear infection from giving himself too much umox. Yeah, so I hated that much detail. Umox. We we'll get to it. it. We didn't need it. He's just so candid about it. There's Ugh. just so much, so many umox jokes, and I've been done with them for the past several episodes. But this wasn't even a joke. This was like a self-own. Well, to be <laughs> fair, I don't think the ear infection was caused by the too much umox. That's what he, he mentioned. Said. He mentioned that it was it was likely a a component of it, though. Oh, but anyway, oh. yeah, no, he specifically mentioned it. That's horrible. And then he yeah. asks Lita if she wants to give him umox, and I was like, God, I, I screamed at it at this. But anyway, we'll get to this. Yes. Okay. So so Rom's got an ear infection, but he can't take sick take a sick day because Quark won't let him. And Bashir jokes, "Ha ha! You should start a union. <gasps> a union, you say? Union." So somehow, Rom gets all the confidence he's never had before in his fucking life, and he suddenly- Except when defending his son. Son's gone. Uh, And suddenly, he becomes a union boss and and organizes a strike of the, like, 15 employees of the bar. I can't tell how big the bar is. We'll we'll talk about that. I feel like there were different people every time the employees were together. So he organizes a strike to to strike against Quark's mishandling of the bar and all the poor working conditions and all this stuff. And Brunt at the F, at the FCA, we remember Brunt. He was around during the Moogie episode. Yep. He turns up because in Ferengi society, forming a union is a fucking giant no-no. And he makes some threats and Rom won't back down again. Where did all this confidence come from? It probably came from Lita, who everyone's been ogling this entire fucking episode long. She's got a nice rack. Which is what you do when Lita's here. But Brunt has his Nausicaan goons beat the ever-living tar out of Quark to try to get to Rom, thinking that Rom and Quark are good brothers or something when they're really fucking not. And Rom still won't budge. Meanwhile, Quark devises a genius plan in fucking Medbay after he's had his ass handed to him. And his uh, ocular cavity broke. Yeah, poor, that's poor really bad. He comes up with this genius plan to give the workers what they want as long as they don't call it a union anymore because that'll get the FCA off their backs. Win. Everyone wins, especially Rom, because Rom has now quit the bar to go become O'Brien's assistant and hold his tools while he's working or something like that. Basically. I also wrote down that in a side plot that was almost as pointless as Miles's darts game episode... <laughs> Worf is having an awkward day on the station, so he decides he's going to go sleep in the car. 
That's it. That's all that happened. That's the best way to put it. Sleep in the car. I actually really liked that B-plot because I like when Worf's like, this shit, someone breaks into Worf's, into his room, and he's like, this shit never happened on the Enterprise. And Odo's like, oh, really? Odo's like, remember that time Rasmussen yeah. showed up? Odo's like, like, I've watched TNG. Here yeah, are I've some seen episodes. My yeah. note on that was Odo knows his continuity. Man. Well, I like how, you know, he had it like queued Ready. up on his PDA, you know? Yeah. He just like was like, boop, boop. Yep. Well, that's actually his, that's what he's been whacking off to lately. <laughs> it's, no, it's, no, it's no coincidence. It's just his porn. Oh, so, so that's how he gets his umox. Mm. Yeah, but he doesn't go around blabbing about it to people. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm. I really didn't so need that detail. Like, I, I, I mean, like, I, I didn't hear. Like, it's the first and possibly only, or, or they claim it's the first. I don't think it actually is the first time that they've mentioned masturbation on the show. Even though I'm pretty sure when Riker saw um, the perfect mate. He made a reference. Yeah, because he, he was like, I'll be in holodeck holo- yeah. three yeah. or something. I mean, it's, yeah, it was a. But this one's more overt. This is more yeah. overt. Like, this is I more. Give yeah. I've, I've, I've yeah. rubbed it raw. Will oh. you please? Will you give me a hand job? Yeah, no, lady. Fu- no, no, Rom, uh, Rom. No, sorry, That's it's sexual oozing. harassment. I literally won't. Thanks. I what you know, like what kills me is I really wish they'd cool it with these jokes because, like, first of all, they're not funny. No, but second of all, like aside from that, I. This was a really good episode, I thought. I liked I Rom being, like, the FCA at this point is clearly just going to keep a very close eye on this family. Because mm. the mother's a problem. The fucking younger brothers start in fucking unions. Like, it's like, what is wrong with these people? Plenty. From their perspective. Yeah, the thing that troubled me about this episode, this is an episode that I had problems with. And one of them was, you know, we, di- we discussed that Rom's major character trait is he's smart, he just lacks, lacks self-confidence. We've established this. When suddenly, uh, at, the dr- at the drop of a pin, he has all the self-confidence he needs to make, like, great speeches in front of the entire bar and get everyone on his side. And They weren't great speeches. They were good speeches. They were, like, competent speeches. They were kind of trite. They were exactly what they needed to be, which is not anything we've seen from Rom yet, and I would have loved to see the progression instead of the snap. Suddenly, you're, you're a union boss. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, that's true. The, like, stumbling steps. Yeah, yeah. you could have, like, cut the Wharf B plot and spent a little more time yeah. there. But I think you hit on it. One of you hit on it. It's like, I think a big part of it was this has made this lady he's kind of got a thing for upset. And so that's gonna, like, that's part of what's, yeah. Okay. And that's part of what's maybe driving him a little. Yeah, yeah. I was saying that he only stands up when it's to do with the kid. So, so I guess you're saying that Lita is the new cares about is the new damsel in distress. Woof. Well, not just that. I mean, it's that when, you know, she she responds to him acting like a big shot, you know? She kisses um, him. She yeah. kisses him, so... And she's always at the front of the group kind of cheering him on. Well, that's because she's a character we've seen before. Yeah, but also I think, like, I think that's a big part of what sort of helps him. Yeah, I think I, what I would have wanted is, yeah, if we lose the wharf plot, which is entirely pointless and really dumb, 
Yeah. Um, is I would have loved to see Lita actually helping him build his confidence yeah, throughout the episode good. so that by the end, when he makes the big impassioned plea, after Brunt and his goons have yelled at everybody to actually get everybody to stick around, that would have been great. I did love, though, Yeah, it's interesting because he's still sort of, even as he's going completely sort of against everything Ferengi culture stands for, he's still utilizing it. Yeah. And sort of in that, uh, the two big moments were where he's like, when you see an opportunity, you grab it. They just never wanted people to, you have the opportunity to be, let's make a union. And then also, if your accounts on Ferenginar mattered, you wouldn't be here. Hmm. Yeah, the line I really liked is, but we don't want to, we don't want to not be exploited. We want to find a way to be the exploiters. Oh, which is, yeah. which is right. Too real. That's yeah. like, that's Republican voters all over. It's like, no, I want rich people to get tax breaks because someday I'm going to be a billionaire and I will benefit. And it's well, like, no, that's not going to happen. Well, that's no. an actual quote by someone where it's like the problem with Americans is we all think we're temporarily embarrassed millionaires. Oh, that's a good, that's a good that line. That's a good line. Yeah, that, that it's the same idea of just like, no, no, one day I will be the the... King shit of Turd Mountain. Yeah, this this some parts of this episode reminded me a lot of like the just say to no to drugs episode, except about labor. You know, where it was Trans- like not transfigurations. Well, it doesn't uh, matter. It's just yeah, okay, any any time any time they do a very special episode, hmm. you know, where it's like it's education. We're gonna teach you about symbiosis, l- labor. You know, we're gonna teach you about. Oh, you know, O'Brien had some ancestors that were, you know, that got wound up killed. getting killed. <laughs> so I, I looked up the actual strike, and uh, at some point, somebody replaced the name of the actual strike leader with... Oh, on Wikipedia? With O'Brien's <laughs> ancestor. Oh, That's geez. amazing. See, I read that the they looked up the, the actual strike, and the actual strike said that he died in the Allegheny, but that's not where the strike was. The strike was in the Chesapeake. Mm. Oh. I mean, he's also f- descended from kings now too. Yeah, is it he kings was the- and kings and he's uh, sounding more like Chekhov every day. Well, I was about to say, like the thing with the Allegheny can be explained away by like it's been a couple of centuries. Stuff mm. gets mixed up, but yeah, no, it is funny the idea that he's suddenly get all this. Although I will say, I did enjoy Rabble Rouser O'Brien. Uh, I didn't. Like I was, I didn't need any of that. I, it just seemed very in his character. Like Julian's, like I was kidding. And then O'Brien's like, yeah, no, fuck it. Fuck the man. Tear him down. And then they're sitting there trying to guess who's going to break. I did like the very unsubtle statement of like, yeah, yeah, packleds. They're the ones that cross the line. Yeah. Well, you got to figure. Yeah, um, yeah, totally. So wait a minute. So back to the back to O'Brien's strike. Was it a direct? Is he a direct descendant of this person? Or That's his claim? Yeah, he says Sean Aloysius O'Brien from the 1902 mm. Pennsylvania uh, mining strike. Hmm. So O'Brien's descended from Americans. Yeah. Apparently, at some point they moved back to Ireland. <laughs> I guess maybe after Sean was killed. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. You got to escape from from all the people who are killing you and throwing you in a river. Yeah, but to escape back to Ireland in 1902. Probably not the, probably not the the safest thing either. They're not the safest people. Um, I mean, the O'Brien specifically. I mean, O'Brien keeps fucking kayaking despite the fact that he breaks <laughs> himself every time. Well, then That's he knows true. he can be fixed. True. It's it's reason <laughs> to go hang out with Julian. Displaces mm. his shoulder by getting a drink. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, I threw up my back moving a plate once so I can sympathize. He at the, least uh, has the excuse of actually being older. I did that when I was in my 20s. <laughs> so I'm wondering what... So we have this off-screen brawl between yeah. Yeah. O'Brien, yeah. Bashir, and, uh, on one side and Worf on the other. And, I, I feel like know. Bashir is just stuck between the two. Yeah, no, Brian, he was definitely caught in the middle. But what was the disagreement i'm like i wish we had at least well, seen they, the went start. they went to talk to him because he was crossing the picket line right but like why would like i feel like because Worf, Worf wanted picked, his fucking prune juice he dude picked that is a hill to die yeah go to the replim mat well i think it was he's already he was mad just, at people yeah he was already in a mood basically yeah. and he had to go call quark the ferengi bartender Yes. Mm. I did find it funny that when they were apologizing to each other later, though, they were kind of giggling about the fact that Julian was caught in the middle and took the worst of it. <laughs> did you see how far I threw that silly bitch? Oh, yeah, it was a real good throw. You know, the thing I actually like really did love about this episode was all the hologram quarks that were working in the bar. That was, I yeah, loved that was them so much. The emergency waiter hologram. Yeah, and how they failed utterly. <laughs> Yeah, Every single one of them dropping drinks. Basically, you have a cell phone near them, they disappear. I thought that was very cute. I did too. That was yeah, cute. they really, though, so in a shot, you know, they, they had the shot, but the scene between Odo and Quark that was just shot in front of a green screen that they composited in oh, the yeah. bar with all the Quarks in it. Mm. Yeah. And they really should have thought to not use clear glasses on Quark's tray. Oh, no. Because they were just disappearing Oh, I didn't even notice. Oh, I like, didn't either. Yeah. As part, like, they were just, you could see, like, reflections, like, highlights on the glass, but, like, the glass itself would disappear into the background. Just use an opaque cup. Yeah, it an opaque cup fine. or just a probably a different color glass that wouldn't have uh, gotten, you know, keyed out. Mm. Yeah. Whoopsies. Maybe that's why they were so busy worrying about it getting keyed out that they then didn't think about. Yeah. But it yeah, because, be, like, we, clear. like. Yeah, they definitely could have used, and they were empty, so they they could have just used a cup, you know, something yeah. opaque. But like Why were that they was empty? the the effect. Because he drops the tray, right? Yeah. No, well, the 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 tray that the qu real quark was holding was uh, was empty, so maybe oh, he okay, just had okay. picked up the glasses. Gotcha. Yeah, I didn't even notice that. I was yeah, too I was, busy, uh, yeah, too busy was, staring at Odo. I was just too pleased by all the various quarks <laughs> running around. It was very cute. Yeah, I read that Shimmerman was on the SAG board, so this episode hit very close home to him. Mm. As you know, being someone who's very pro-union and having to play the other side of it, which was very interesting. Yeah. Well, it's funny, I know too, I read an uh, interview with Cole Meany once where he talked about, you know, he's also very big on actors' unions. And like, you know, he remembers especially showing up in the States and like a lot of the actors were like, yeah, you know, I mean, eventually you have to sign up to get certain gigs, but, like, they didn't quite fully understand the importance of, like, what it does for them and things like that. Like so, what? Well, you know, like, just various protections and collective bargaining and... Yeah, what Rom wanted. Yeah. But for actors. But, so, I feel like, you know, having him as a big union rabble-rouser was uh, appropriate and yeah. probably not a huge stretch for him. I found, I just found, found the Bashir and O'Brien... Watching, like, eating popcorn from the background to be too silly. It did feel like something they would do, though. Yeah, I had a question. So my question, as I asked a little bit in the synopsis, is just how big is Quark's bar? Because I counted 15 people in that strike. And is a union of, like, a very small organization even worth it? Well, I mean, 
it is because they won, right? Like if Quark, they it's, won it's, kind of by technicality. If they if they hadn't if Quark hadn't figured this out, one of two things would have happened: all the union workers would have gotten killed by the FCA, or Quark's bar would be shut down and all of them would be out of jobs anyway. Well, no, well, right, but exactly. So, well, both of those things would have happened, right? Because yeah. if well, they see, were the killed, minute, Quark's bar would have shut down from lack of employees. The, I mean, the minute the FCA went after a non-Ferengi, there would have been an intergalactic incident. Oh, that's a good point. Because they would have press charges, unlike Quark or any of the other Ferengi. Mm. Like, yeah, if they'd for, gone for... a for... second, when, when Brunt is quasi-threatening Lita, but then being like, yeah, but, but who can extinguish those pillows? You know, it's really weird, because it's like, but she's not, she's not a Ferengi. She shouldn't be bound by your rules. Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking, too. Yeah, that's the real problem, is the fact that... He, I mean, for the FCA is the fact that he has a a, a staff that isn't one hundred percent Ferengi. Mm-hmm. It would have been slightly easier to threaten them in that case. Plus, I assume she doesn't have any accounts on Ferenginar. No, mm-hmm. nor does the weird yellow lizard woman with the stones in her head. Or it's not weird. That's completely normal for her species. That How one dare you? Random woman who seemed to swap out with a different woman sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't I know. know. I, I, it makes sense to me that they would that they would have a union. I just feel like whenever I hear about unions, they're always for larger corporations or larger entities, you know, like actors, because there's thousands of actors or, or mine workers or teamsters or what have you. But I also don't want to say too much because I don't want to get my knees broken or my car blown up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, in the real world, of course, you would they would join up with because there are actually, you know, unions specifically for food service folks. Yeah. I actually, um, but, I called my I called my parents before doing this episode because I know both of them had been in unions before. Uh, my mother was on a teachers union who had who actually you know went on strike uh, before I was born, uh, you oh. know to to ask for more to more wages because teachers are screwed over like anybody. Oh yeah. And my father was in a union with the when he worked in a grocery store when he was in in college ish. Hmm. Yeah, and you're in a clerical union. Yep, that's true. Yeah, but how big is that union? Oh, I mean, a lot bigger than Quark's. Yeah, yeah, but there's also like like there's unions of unions, right? You know, what? So like unions have unions have chapters, S- subdivisions. Yeah. So, yeah. and that's the thing is like there's really you presumably there's really no larger entity for them to join because there aren't unions on Ferenginar. Right, and the Federation doesn't need them because they treat people fairly in theory. I don't That's know about the Bajor. Trick. The trick is to treat people fairly, but no one's going to do that. Yeah. Mm. Well, they need unions. unless they threaten to unionize. Yeah, but the whole point of the union is to have leverage over management. Yep. And since they are all of the employees of Quarks, they have leverage over management. Here's a question. Here's a stupid question. This may be, this may be me just being very dumb. I feel like Quark makes most of his money... From schemes and not the bar. No, I, I feel like there's a ton of money from the gambling. Oh, there's the gambling. That's true. Gambling gives you a lot of money. But also, I feel like the scheme money is 100% his. Yeah. Or at least his and maybe divided with, like, partners. Yeah. I just like, that consider... does not that does not go to the staff. Yeah, I just don't consider Quark's, like, a very, very successful business. I consider it, like, Nor a moderate, he. small business. 
yeah. mean, there's there's thousands of people that live on DS9, and people passing big? through. Oh yeah, yeah, and people passing. Yeah, they they've said there's like four thousand people or something that oh, just damn. that live there. And again, it's it's really it's the people passing through that probably come in and really drink and gamble and right. I mean, Jake's right. He probably the the bulk of the money probably comes from the dabo, not the drinks. Yeah, and the Hollis sweets and things yeah. like that. The um, you say, you so, say Jake's right, and I assume, you, I assume you meant Jake Cisco. Yeah, Jake knows all about that. He's a card uh, check, yeah, that kid. Because you got to figure, like, any business that revolves around um, serving food and drinks, probably, you know, the replicator makes a lot of that redundant. Yeah. You know, and it's not like Quark's has ever been shown to have, like, really good food or a good chef. No, in fact, the opposite. The replicators are always fucking breaking and Rom has to fix them, so... Yeah. Although, they apparently... Do, they do, I think, have drinks that you probably can't get from anywhere else, though. Yeah. because yeah, he's got real alcohol. That's probably hard to get otherwise, right? And apparently he makes good enough Hasperat that Kira will go there for it. <laughs> What's Hasperat again? It's a, you it's, see it? It's, it's, like a, a, it's a Bajoran, Bajoran burrito. burrito. Hey. Oh, okay. But yeah, he's usually got a decent crowd around the Davo table when it's not the cleansing festival. Yeah, the Bajoran time of cleansing. Fucking Bajorans, man. They Seriously. say they say that it's a month long. Yep. To which to which I had them a moment of wait, does Bajor have a moon? But yes, we have seen one of their moons before. We but we don't necessarily know how long a Bajoran month is. No, that's true. So it could be a fucking week or a fucking day. Mm. <laughs> but it's also like you know, it's 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 we know it, it's like if everybody was Catholic. And everybody practiced Lent. I was uh, thinking it was just like Lent. I was just thinking that. Mm. I mean, there's plenty of other, like, fasting holidays, too, though. Isn't Ramadan yeah, quite true. long? Yeah, that, that's, yeah it's, it's a, it's a month. month. Yeah, it is funny. It's like, God, it's not like they're exactly hedonistic anyway. Why do they gotta have this special month? Because they love to suffer, the Bajorans. That is true. That's, Jesus all, Christ, that's what that they're best true. at. Ugh. I wonder if we... If we're to composite all of the details that we know about Bajor, if we could actually draw a pretty serious comparison to any one of the major religions. The thing oh, is, I'm I sure would, somebody I was, Not that I, we should. <laughs> I bet because... you we could draw a parallel to every single religion is the thing. Because I feel like Bajoran rituals are also, so far, pretty vague and could fit, yeah. many, in, fit in many slots. Well, I would be curious to see the flowchart of those. I mean, just based on, you know, the writing staff and the country that created it, it's probably going to have the most similarities to the Abrahamic religions. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like their plot line, you know, could be, is probably, you know, inspired by a mix of both Jewish stuff and, like, the Palestinians. Yeah, I was thinking about mm. the Palestinians. Um, you know, with the whole occupation and everything. So, like, I feel like they, they kind of made a weird amalgamation of those two groups to create yeah. the uh, the Bajorans. Yes. But also very Catholic. Yes. <laughs> Just not happy unless they're unhappy. <laughs> yeah, so Max Grodenchuk, when he saw this episode, he was convinced that they were writing him out and it would be a bad idea and he, it means that his character would have less to do and he was very sad. Mm. Oh, poor Rom. Yeah, but we're going to see we're going to see him in in a in different plots from now on, which I think is going to be good. Yeah. Yeah, separating him like just like just like what Rom says at the end yeah. that he's better 
apart from, you know, when he's apart from Quark, I feel like that applies to the character itself. You know, because when, when there's a Quark thing, he's, he's, he's always playing opposite Quark. He's always the foil or yeah. it's always a Quark episode that Rom happens to be there for. So I think, you know, giving him more opportunities to do things that don't involve Quark is going to be interesting. Yeah. Well, plus it would also be interesting to see how their like family dynamic shifts if he's not just like Quark's little bitch at the bar all the time, too. Yeah. Yeah, like, I hope they still interact a lot though, because the two the two of them work great together, and I know the two of them are also good buddies off stage. Huh. Yeah, I don't mean I don't mean I don't. I, that's what I'm saying is I would like to see them together, but like outside of yeah. the typical like the dynamic we've seen for the last couple of years. Yeah, because Quark even says it, and Rom echoes him after the fact that like when it's business, they're not brothers; it's employee and employer. You know, and yeah. <laughs> And not for the first time, Rom has reminded Quark that, like, as long as I'm working for you, all I have to look forward to you is you dying so I get the bar. <laughs> and he doesn't and want him to I, die. I loved that. I thought that, that was, was really so sweet. Cute. That really that whole sweet. end scene was, in a weird way, kind of sweet. Yeah. It was. It was like, Quark interesting. Because you also saw a lot of Quark actually showing affection for Rom, too, saying, I don't want you getting killed by Brunt, but I don't know how to help you yeah. in a way that won't get us both killed. Yeah, well, because he's just too Ferengi, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know with end- this episode, they tried to, like, toughen Quark back up because he'd been getting too nice over the course of the <clears throat> last couple of episodes. Mm, too much root beer. Obviously. It's that sweetness. Yeah. I liked when uh, Cisco threatened to make him pay his back rent. Yeah, that's weird yeah, that... Yeah, I liked it, too. I was... Con- yeah, I, I was... No, I noticed that scene because I realized, like, okay, so Quark doesn't... Pay, currently pay rent no nope. or does he just get out of it and the federation or not whoever is running things on deep space nine doesn't care yeah they it's well, the federation it's, and they don't care it's probably true though because he like brings people in yeah well mm. if you remember all the way back in emissary um first, yeah, emissary, first he like cisco made a deal with quark to stay like quark yeah. was gonna shut down the bar and leave yeah so maybe part of that deal is, all right, I get to be here rent free. But I also imagine, like, even if that wasn't a deal, like, I, what are they going to do with Latinum? I'm sure they could use it. I'm sure it could be uh, coming here. Buy handy. things at Quarks. That's right. Well, I mean, it you seems should... like Latinum outside of the Federation is a pretty universal currency. Currency. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure if the Federation needs to acquire anything. From any non-Federation world, they probably have a big stockpile of latinum that they used to do it with. They probably do a lot of barter, too. Yeah. We'll give you some antimatter warheads. Yeah. yeah. Biomimetic gel. You know, whatever. So much gel. Yeah, I thought it was really good, too, at the end where, like, Quark, you know, doesn't know how to express himself properly. You can tell he doesn't really want Rom to leave, but he can't say that because he's Quark. Yeah, Arun Shimmerman has stated that like he he left his portrayal in that very very last moment as flat as he could so that the audience could kind of fill in for him because you know he doesn't want to just show like oh I'm sad my brother's leaving or on the on the on the inverse of that fuck my brother because he's leaving he leaves it very plain which I thought was a really nice touch. Yeah, it was a good choice. I thought it was a little fucking inconsiderate of Rom to not give him any notice. <laughs> Yeah, especially after confidence. he just like, it's like 
you know, if you went to your boss and was like, I want to raise and your boss, you know, hem and hawed. And then finally was like, all right, fine. Here's a, I'm going to double your salary. And then the next day you're like, all right, I quit. What? Well, you know, the greater good and stuff. Yeah. Now Lita's got a bigger salary and Lita can go thank Rom with Umox, of course. Yes. I mean, it's less gross than whatever she does with Julian. Yeah. Well, what I find, you know, I think this the whole, I don't get the point of having her and Julian in a relationship. We never see them on screen with each no, we other. Don't. We've never seen them on screen. I mean, there was the f- episode that she was like introduced and yeah. and he was like, I'll see you later. Yeah. yeah. And then we and then there's the episode where Dax met all her old hosts and yep. they were seen in the same room, but I don't think they performed together at all. No. Hmm. Now I'm wondering if uh I'm sorry, I'm ashamed of myself. I'm I wondering if uh because Lita, as we've, if we've, we've noticed, has a very prominent uh, feature. I wonder <laughs> if you can give uh, titty-fucking Umox. Oh, my. Oh, I bet you could. Yeah, you totally could. Big enough knockers and big enough lobes? Totally. Yikes. But, we don't, but I'm guessing, though, that <laughs> in Ferengi culture... The is the best. That, like... Oh, yeah, titties probably aren't a big deal. Yeah, they're probably not a sexual thing because women are just naked. Naked all the time. Yeah, Mm. you're right. There's probably nothing sexual at all about them. Well, maybe the really deviant deviants like it. Maybe. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder how much Ferengi understand, like, the the sexuality as perceived from other cultures. Because, you know, they have have the beautiful Daba women, scantily clad as fuck, under boob galore like they seem to know like what is going to get their, their well yeah they un- off. yeah exactly they understand it as much as it is a benefit to their business yeah you know they know that oh we sell a lot more you know we get people spend a lot more time at the dabo table when they think they might get a nip slip yeah <laughs> i do like the idea that like you know you know, for for people, it's like oh, scant, scantily clad and lingerie and this and that. You figure Ferengi foreplay, the woman comes out in like a full fucking Victorian dress hot, and hot bustle, and oh. <laughs> and she's got like ski pants and a parka. Yeah, yeah, she just like yeah. Just it's like instead of a striptease, it's just she's putting on more layers. Like do 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 do. Oh, taboo. <laughs> Put it on. By the end, she's like fucking Randy in a Christmas story. Can't put her arms <laughs> down. Can't put my arms down. <sighs> oh, I was going to ask. Up. I can't get up. Sorry. Did you Did you guys see the Nausicans playing darts in the background? Oh, no, God. That's what they it. were doing? They I were throwing them. darts at each other. I oh. was wondering what they were throwing at each other. I didn't realize they were supposed to be darts. <laughs> yeah, they were They were played by the two professional dart players that they have do consult- consultations for the dart scenes oh. so that they knew that they weren't going to hit each other in the face or anything. <laughs> and they patted the fuck out of their chest and just had them throw darts at each other. And I fucking lost my shit. <laughs> that looks like it hurts. Most Nashikin games do. That's so funny. I did. I completely I, I was not clear. I knew they were throwing something at each other. I didn't realize it was darts. That is fantastic. Yeah, yeah so now that when now um when Bashir and uh O'Brien are you know can go back to Quarks now, they're gonna be like, where are all our fucking darts? Play darts, in- human. <laughs> Why are they covered in blood? <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised, you know, they didn't challenge Rom to a Domjot tournament hey. to settle the, the strike. Oh, 
That would have turned this into an 80s movie. <laughs> oh, no. Fucking, there's a montage of uh, Rom learning Dom Jai. You're the best. Around. Keep you. Da, 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 da. I don't know the words. That's abundantly clear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Man, you, guys now- got a, you guys got more dressed up with Miles and Julian at the top. Yep. You're gonna yep. you're gonna see lots of that. Just whatever costume they have handy. What? Why what? do you get to be the king? It, you know, in reality, you know, like the lion is like, because I'm descended from him. In Colmini's head, he's going like a fucking lion. He's gonna play an Irish king, you bastard. And really, the answer is because he replicated the costume for himself. Well, that that too. And it is his hollow program, which he did. Point yes. Out. yes, that is yes. true. Still, it might be polite to let your guest be the better character not if he's english so i'm wondering like these hollow programs that they do porn they're pure porn like are are they i wonder how interactive they are or if it's just like an like a move like a 3d movie that you get to stand in no like can you change the outcome of that battle if you wanted to you fucked it up Mm. yeah probably yeah because remember there was um the first time we had uh core and them yeah they're doing the trying... battle of britain i think well no <laughs> he, he was he was trying to do the battle of blah, 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 or something oh Cor and he was. kept losing it mm. and he's like he's not coming out till he wins it so uh-huh. yeah it's, it's it's you know it's a video game based in history so you can lose and history can go wrong Whoopsie. that sounds like fun it does it's like assassin's creed back when it was good yeah, my last question is just trying to make sense out of Worf's decision to go live on the Defiant, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me because the Defiant is often off doing things. So is he just live there when it's off doing something? Well, yeah, I think I think when it's off doing something, I think the idea is that he generally is on the ship when it's out yeah. doing things. Yeah, he seems to be the almost like if Cisco's not there, they put him in charge. But his job if, is on the station. Yes. I don't like it. It doesn't make a lot of... That whole B-plot was dumb. Yeah. yeah. I did I like, though, that he still has the tooth sharpener. Yeah, that's mm. good. Is that your tooth sharpener? He was so mad. Yeah, because he's probably mad that the fucking dude that tried to steal it jammed it in his mouth like he did when he bought it. I'm going to have to fucking sterilize this now. You probably um, should have once in the last six months. Yeah, so apparently... So that guy was, like, climbing around in the ceiling. Yeah. Bet he was humming the Mission Impossible theme while he was doing it, too. Mm. Also, though, like... In Worf's quarters, there's all kinds of, like... Klingon weapons and ceremonial shit and and batleths. Yeah, but you can't put those things in your pockets. He had, like, a bag he probably could have you can't fit those things in a bag yeah it was a pretty small a, bag a maclith maybe but not a batlith but like what then why even rob him at that point what else is maybe he just gets off value? on it maybe he just gets off on it what did he need with a tooth sharpener nothing maybe he just likes uh personal little trinkets maybe yeah he's, maybe he, he's uh, a pack rat or a, what are those birds that collect shit magpies, magpies. yeah no i mean a lot of them do it yeah but magpies are especially known when uh, Worf goes to O'Brien, being like, how can you stand it here? O'Brien's like, you kidding? I actually have shit to do. It's great. I'm not just standing in a transporter room all day. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I noticed that. Oh, clearly Miles must read O'Brien at work. 
Yes. Like the, the webcomic where he literally does nothing at the transporter pad all exactly. day long. I also thought of that so comic. I thought that was a, an amusing touch. It was. All right. Well, if nobody else has any more amusing touches they'd like to speak about that do not include Umox. Damn it. Uh, I was going to make an Umox yeah, joke. Yeah, no, no. No more Umox jokes. We're done with them. We're cutting well, them from the rest of the series. Yeah. I don't think we have that ability, but. We do now. Next week, we will talk about two more episodes of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, uh, a session, and rules of engagement, terms of endearment. That another Ferengi episode? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Engagement might be like a battley, battley Mm -hmm. thing. Oh, a a marriage. I will say, bar association might be a bad pun, but it's better than any of the Q title puns. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, anyway, so speaking of... Cupid was... Oh, that one was good. That was pretty good. But I don't feel like it had anything to do with the episode. Did it? Yeah. They were trying to hook up uh, Vash, oh, right. and, Vash and Picard. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. And then uh, Q ended up hooking up with her instead. Yeah. Uh, Gross. Womp womp. I know I started to... I know we've, I already started the closing thing, but when Kira was... Oh my god, we never even really talked about... First of all, we never really talked about her and Miles blowing up all the space mines. Oh, yeah. That's what they did in, in brother, the Moog Brothers, Brothers Moog, whatever the fuck. Um, when she was complaining about not feeling well, I was like, are they starting to lay down the groundwork for her to be pregnant? Uh-oh. I was no, mad. That, that comes about in a very different way. Well, that's fine. I was still angry about it. Anyway, enough about that. Next week, a session, rules of engagement. Uh, If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, you can find us where all fine podcasts are sold. We are on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. Oh, Google Play, by the way, if you're using that shit, it's going away. Is it? It's going to be YouTube music or something now, I think. Oh, Christ. That sounds awful. Yeah, no, it does sound awful. But we're going to be on it still? I have no idea. Oh, good. We'll have to look into it. Uh, We're also on... uh, Apple Podcasts. There you go, Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can find us on Facebook by searching A Star to Steer Her By. You can find us at SSHB Podcast on Tumblr and Twitter. Or you can visit SSHBpodcast.com where you can read some essays and shit. Our and fan our rankings. are certainly up. Yep, fanfics are there. Rankings of seasons, bests and worsts. And my personal favorite thing to remember exists. Jake's ranking of shitty admirals. You might see someone you recognize. <laughs> As usual, I have been Caitlin. I have been Jake. I have been Chris. And this is always Ames. And hey, we actually have not one, but two rules of acquisition this week. Hell yeah. Number 263, never allow doubt to tarnish your lust for latinum. And number 211, employees are rungs on the ladder of success. Don't hesitate to step on them. Nice. Jeff Bezos would make a great Ferengi. (sighs) Jeff Bezos is probably going to masturbate when he hears these words. (laughs) He does listen to every podcast. (laughs) Well, at least the ones that we put out. Obviously. Big fan. (laughs) 